0: I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, a cookbook. A cookbook I think you're going to really enjoy hearing about, especially if you are a Gilmore Girls fan. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 312, Gilmore Girls Cookbook. And yes, that tells you pretty much exactly what this show is about, but a little bit of intro always to get things started and check in and share a little bit about this journey with you. You're on your journey, I'm on mine. And Somewhere in the middle, maybe we can meet. After doing a trio of shows on time, I've been wasting time. Lots of time. Rivers of time is how it feels. And it isn't the only thing I'm doing that seems counterintuitive and somehow self destructive. I don't know. That's a little bit extreme, but I'm watching myself doing things and I see it and that's good, but I can't seem to stop it. So there is irony in putting out shows on time and then feeling so far from the lines that I drew. The major lines are still there, but that free time line, I am definitely whiling away. Just turning up a salt shaker, just turning it over and watching those grains of salt spill. Just watching. Just can't seem to quite yank myself back and I've had some audio equipment issues. I tried to get this show out already once and have something going on that I can't quite pinpoint. It's been happening on and off for a while and I can't figure it out. And this time I just couldn't go ahead and let it go. So I'm trying again and we will see how it goes. Another weekend, another week, some time spent admiring the hills in front of me as I made my monthly drive, golds and greens, and they are particularly interesting. They're really beautiful, mustard colors, barren hillsides. There's something immense about them as they sprawl ahead of me, and I only see it once a month. I want to just be able to pull over and really zoom in and get a good photo, and it's not really possible. I was listening to podcasts in the car, a show on voice from Creative Thursday that was particularly good. I really loved it. I definitely have a thing for the sound of a voice. And yes, I wish I had a resident sound engineer who could give me some help with my own voice. It's one of those things where you can slide the dials endlessly back and forth, just like you do at the eye doctor, maybe where you say, Does it look A look better or B look better, A or B, and you say, well, let me see A again. It's similar to that with voice. You can twist your knobs and slide your dials and things sound okay in all of those different iterations. They may sound different, but they still sound okay. So I can't ever quite figure out what the sweet spot is, but I do love the sound of certain voices and Sure, I dream of better equipment or different software or like I said, a sound expert, some guidance. But then, did you hear Laurel or did you hear yanny this week? So keep in mind that all kinds of variables go into what we hear, how something sounds, what we perceive of what we hear. Did you hear laurel or did you hear yanny? Your speakers can play a part, but that's not the only variable. And if you don't know what that means, then Google is your friend. And if you hear this months or years from now, it'll probably sound like a very odd reference. But Laurel versus Yanny has been a thing this week. So I listened to a show on voice and then I listened to a podcast, a different podcast, different host with a particularly gritty story, a story of of a childhood that was terrible to contemplate. And that was voice in a different way a totally different way, and an interviewing voice, which was also interesting for me to contemplate. It was a show that caught and held me in the listening, in the storytelling, in the back and forth with that interviewer. I have been struggling to get my walk in. I really have. But I finished the book I had been listening to and started something else. It's kind of hit or miss what I find available to check out in audio form from the library. And I'm usually doing it last minute because I know I'm about to finish something and I want to have something queued up. And as I was browsing online, I saw a reference to something and thought, oh, well, I like that person. And it's not usually the kind of book I would read, but maybe I'll give that a try. I don't tend to read things that are funny. So it is a memoir, a memoir from an actress that I totally love, but the listening experience has surprised me it's just not the voice that I expect. I know this voice. I know her voice. I know the cadence of her voice. I know the sound. I know the funniness. And yet hearing her read her own book is not at all what I expected. It's been disorienting. And yet there have been good, good parts to it as well. Not a bad use of listening time. Parallel to this in strange ways that things sometimes connect, I guess. Parallel to this, I have been binge watching Parenthood. It's an old series. Some of you probably watched it when it was coming out concurrently. It's a series that I remember. I remember when it came on. I remember why I stopped watching it, why I didn't continue watching it. And I've tried it once or twice since then and just didn't get hooked. But maybe now somehow the time is right because this time I'm hooked, hooked, hooked line and sinker. My TV watching has suddenly changed. Still the time in which I'm doing my drawing, it's been a perfect show for this. Plenty long in terms of available shows. I think there's 6 seasons. I can watch for hours at a time and I probably will watch it again in the same way that I love Gilmore Girls. I have really fallen for the series. I laugh out loud, I get teared up, I talk to the TV. I am invested, invested in these made up stories and these characters, these people who are not real, and yet who have scenarios and things going on that I understand. And sometimes I understand them in ways that are really uncomfortable, but I understand. And they have this family network that really speaks to me. It came as a total surprise how incredibly hooked I got. And I'm glad I gave it another chance or I would never have known. I'm going to end up an old lady that just watches Gilmore Girls and Parenthood in cycles, I think. Maybe going through Lost a time or two in between. It's definitely an image. And I feel like I'm on some crash course uh, accelerating towards that point in the future. Far, far too fast. But, you know, in a podcast, I can totally say these things and be comfortable with how incredibly boring I am how incredibly boring I reveal myself to be week after week after week. I am pretty much okay with it. It all comes out, all comes out in the wash. And I may regret it later and may think about deleting parts later, but I just let it roll. Usually during this week, it feels like there were many things to tell you many things to talk about. I even envisioned doing other shows. It's true. At times, I can see myself doing another podcast, a different podcast. So many options even for things I could do and things I would enjoy doing. I even had a moment of softness for interviews this week, and I thought about that, which was incredibly unusual for me. I have had to be on the phone for work over the last few weeks. And that may sound routine for some of you, but seriously, it was nothing short of Herculean for me. This was definitely an assignment that was Odyssean in nature. It is so out of character for me, but ultimately something I didn't think I could do, something I didn't even think I could do, just something I rejected in every way. I did. And I did it well. I learned that there is something in me that can do this. And I did not know that. And the transformation in my own sense of this has been intense. It has been intense on all sides, beginning, middle, and end. There has been a lot to this. And I think these weeks and all that has been tied up have fed into these rogue thoughts about interviews about doing interviews. Yeah, rogue. Indeed. Indeed. A call came up in a group I'm in. A call came up and said, hey, anyone have any creative podcasts to recommend that we might sponsor? Yeah. Nope. No. Yeah. And no. And no, I didn't either. That was kind of a sad day. But in looking at what did get suggested, I looked at an old blog post from an illustrator that I used to follow closely, actually. She had this really cool Venn diagram at the bottom representing types of creative podcasts. And it was fascinating to look at. Story show was in a box all by itself. And there was just one example there. One example of a podcast that was a creative podcast that she deemed a story show. And not the kind of personal narrative even. Not that kind of story. I need a Venn diagram for my show, I guess. And I started thinking about that. And I went through this whole thing, this ginormous circle of personal story and realized that probably everything would end up lumped inside of that somehow, which would suggest the VIN model doesn't work very well for this. So then I thought maybe themes. There are all these themes, and I went down this whole path. And ultimately, I realized I probably should not say any of that. Should not say any of that out loud. Maybe I need to think about it a little more first. Maybe it is not something to ever really talk about, but it was an interesting thing to think about library time this week, that didn't happen either. And I missed it. I missed that night and what it has come to mean, the routine of it. It's such a basic hour. And yet, when it didn't happen, I did miss it. I am all over the place as we reach mid-May and really tumble headlong into the end of it. Normally, my ducks would all be in order at this point summer lined up and this year, nothing is settled. It is complicated, but it's really unsettling to not have things lined up, to not have any of these things planned out. So we are heading towards June and July, months during which many of you will participate in ICAD, the index card a day challenge run by Tammy at Daisy Yellow. And that is a challenge I hope you will consider doing. I have talked about ICAD many times in years past, and I'll talk about it more in the next show, I think. Hopefully I can get a show out before ICAD begins. But today, I just want to mention it. Make sure it's on your radar in case you don't know about it. ICAD involves making 61 daily index cards during the months of June and July, and there are prompts that will be available that will take you day by day if you like to do that but those are optional it is a free form challenge there will be a group at facebook that you do have to pay to join and there is also always a community at instagram so definitely look into it plan on it at the minimum buy your index cards basic index cards three by five or four by six that's all you need And think about what you might want to do. You don't have to have a theme. You don't have to have a plan. You don't have to have anything predetermined or you might, you might want to focus on a medium. You might want to have some kind of a series or you might just want to go day by day and mix things up. It really depends on what your goal is and what you hope to get out of it. So definitely, I hope you are thinking about that. Now, it has been a long time since I talked about a cookbook. And speaking of which, I read another graphic novel recently that was stunning in concept and in size. I seem to have hit upon a bunch of graphic novels lately that are big, heavy, hard to hold. Definitely there's a trend. Lighter Than My Shadow by Katie Green is the story of a young girl who was anorexic and then later a binge eater. The true story is beautifully rendered in terms of showing her internal thought processes, what was going on in her head compared to what she was hearing around her. The scribbled cloud of negative internal thought that goes throughout the book is powerful. It's poignant. Definitely, this is not a good intro for a cookbook. But that book came to mind because I did just recently read it. And reading that graphic novel was powerful and emotional look into something that I think unless you've lived it, is really hard to understand from the outside. And somehow the graphic novel format gave her story such powerful visual form. It really did. It is a remarkable graphic novel. And like I said, it's big, it's weighty. The time involved in drawing that graphic novel is really something I had to wrap my head around when I looked at all those panels as she told that story panel by panel by panel. So completely different cookbooks. Like I said, it's been a while. The last one I talked about was the Huckleberry cookbook. And I think that was probably the last one. And that was back in episode 175 2015, that show was also the show about the Dear Data Project. So when I saw all that come up on the old show notes page, all I can think is, wow, that must have been a really packed show because I know how much I talked about Dear Data and I really do remember going through that cookbook. So that might be one to go back. It's still a cookbook that I have a fond, fond feeling for. And if you jump forward to 2016, you can catch episode 203, Bon Appetit. Not a cookbook, but a children's book about Julia Child that was fantastic. Also graphic novel format. So I saw the book I want to talk about today, Eat Like a Gilmore, the unofficial cookbook for fans of Gilmore Girls, on the new bookshelf at the library one night. and I figured I had to take a look because I'm a pretty big fan of Gilmore Girls mentioned it before. I've mentioned it many times. I've watched it many times. I didn't really though think I would bring it home because I'm not necessarily the cook out of a cookbook type. But I flipped through it that night at the library and then I did bring it home. And then one day this week I took it with me in the car for a few minutes before pickup and I sat and I read the intro and I was fascinated by it. I mean, Like, drop dead, fascinated to realize that there are other people who are crazy about Gilmore Girls, intensely attached to the show, more so even than me. And I mean, I knew that part of me knew that on some really, really rational level. I know that. I know there are all kinds of fans out there and people who create wikis for shows and all of this stuff people do for the shows they love. And I'm not there. So I know they're true, true, true diehard fans. But somehow when I talk about how much I love Gilmore Girls, I often feel pretty silly. No one else has ever admitted to me how entangled they are in the show. I don't think I've ever talked to anybody else who also loves the show other than my mom. But reading this intro and then reading the intros to the recipes, it really hit me. And I really, really kind of liked it. Kind of liked it. Quote, here I am more than a decade later, more of a fan than ever. I'm happy I finally found a way to turn my fanaticism into something tangible and something that would connect me with other fans. Boy has it. After a few months of noodling around in the kitchen, testing the feasibility of this cookbook, I embarked on a simple Kickstarter campaign, hoping to find a few like minded fans of both the show and the food. Literally overnight, the campaign turned into a whirlwind of press and pledges, which helped me raise far more money than I originally needed, End quote. And that is a quote from Christy Carlson, who is the editor of this book. And she says, quote, One of the first things I had to figure out was how to address the food Lorelai and Rory eat at home. How would I incorporate the Chinese takeout, the Pop-Tarts, the spray cheese, and the pizza? To eat the way Lorelai and Rory eat at home— all you need is a drawer full of takeout menus, a magnet on the fridge with a number for the pizza place and a convenience store down the street. You don't need a cookbook, end quote. And I think that's an apt quote. Definitely the down to earthness is part of what we love about Lorelei and Rory. So a cookbook of foods from the Gilmore Girls. What an interesting concept. The book was Kickstarter backed and there is an odd element of self-publishing to it. There's this feel, even though it wasn't self-published. There are some things here that I think are certainly related to the Kickstarter tiers. Something about the layout, something in the opening pages, something about the contributors notes, all of that being in the front rather than in the back. Definitely, I think this is Kickstarter stuff, but it's a really cool cookbook. The book is really nicely done. Beautiful photos, Photos totally in keeping with the feel of the show. Really nice styling, nice fabrics, nice prints, nice everything. It all has a really nice feel. And intriguing recipes. It starts with coffee. So you can just appreciate the notes and the photos, some beautiful photos there. And then it moves into cocktails. And while I would never have any of the ingredients needed to try these, and I have never tried any of these, It was a fascinating read. It really was. I can see that some people might be a little put off by this being the first chapter even, but it really, it's nice. It's a nice intro. It gives you a nice sense of how the book works. Some really pretty photos. So for example, you get the birthday girl drink and at the top of every recipe, there's an icon. So there's an icon telling you that this one was from Emily's house. And then a summary of when this drink appeared in the storyline what episode, what the context was. Ingredients and directions are nicely and clearly presented. And then there's a full page photo, beautifully done. This section, it actually made me want to try these drinks. I think I might have to do a reading of the table of contents for the Patreon only show. I won't read everything that's in the book to you, but I want to just talk a little bit about what's here. So, you know, the general categories and the organization and you'll get your, oh, I love Gilmore Girls moment. In and maybe you'll want to watch the show again. It definitely made me want to do that. So after the drinks, we move on to breakfast, which is the sit-down kind, pancakes, french toast, omelets, and cereals. That's the heading for that section. The only thing there I might try would be the very basic coffee cake because I don't make those other kinds of things. But then we move on to the section that is much more in my wheelhouse, muffins, rolls, breads, and scones. That is a beautiful section that I'd like to eat my way through. Followed by soups, sauces, and butters. Also a good section. Back to back. You've got my foods there. At least the foods in my head that if I ever decide to become someone who spends time in the kitchen, I might make. And then there are burgers and sandwiches and then pasta and rice dishes. I have to admit, I photo flipped through most of these meal type things. I read some of the blurbs though, because I find that really interesting, but the meal type things would not be things I try. And then you hit appetizers and side dishes, followed by meats, seafood, and main dishes. Again, full on food, a chapter I would probably skip, except I might make note of and look closer at that meatloaf recipe. And then you hit cookies, cakes, and ice creams, which for some people would be their favorite chapter. That it starts out with mini lemon bunk cakes for that section, that's pretty nice, pretty perfect, and beautifully photographed. There's also a recipe for homemade Twinkies in that section. That comes from something Emily had made when Rory and Dean came for dinner. And I can see people wanting to make those, especially if you have a thing for marshmallow fluff. That kind of surprised me, but marshmallow fluff, yep. And this isn't something I would do, as you can guess from all the things I've already said. I wouldn't do this. It would be a very different version of me in some alternative universe. But this is a cookbook. I can see, especially if you're a super fan, I can see cooking your way through this cookbook maybe accepting the meat dishes or the main courses. For me, that's just not me in any universe. But I was enchanted by some of the recipes and by the fact that food is never something that totally jumped out at me. The food was Suki, yes. And so there was a lot of food. There were food references and scenes in one kitchen or another. And yes, Luke Steiner, true. But I don't think I ever really stopped and paid attention to the food. This book gives you a new layer of appreciation for the show. And if you ever watch again, I bet you notice the food in a new way after looking at this cookbook. And since I got it at the library, you probably can find it too. It's always a good idea to check out a cookbook. Cookbooks really run the gamut. And depending on your affinity for cooking and for cookbooks, I think it's a good idea to look at them first, see what you like but this is a very cool one and a good one to look at. And yes, I definitely feel like I need to rewatch Gilmore Girls soon, but right now I still have a lot of parenthood to go. In the back of the book, there's also a recipe guide sorted by location, Emily's House, Lorelei's Asia, just one recipe, Luke's Diner, Rory Cook's, which is also just one recipe, Uh, Suki's Kitchen, and Town Favorites. So a fun flip through for sure. If I can ever learn to eat just one muffin... I can see myself trying some of the things in that chapter too. Yeah, I used to do that. I used to make muffins and scones. I used to. So it's definitely a book you should check out. And I do encourage you to check out ICAD. Learn more about it. Sign up once sign up is available. I posted a page on the Creativity Matters podcast site that has some links to old shows and old posts You can find lots of information on the Daisy Yellow site, and you can buy lots of things, different kinds of idea guides, and lots and lots of things to help support you as you take on this two-month process and journey, and you may find that it is a perfect pivot point for you in your year. I am the art. The art is me. That is it for today. I know it is one of those tumbling shows, just from this to that and this to that, and I'm sorry, people. That is just me. That isn't me. And I'm not in that person's Venn diagram at all. I don't guess. I'm really not. As always, I'm Amy and you can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. The show notes are available on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Hydeless. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy. Oamy. I would really like to build that following just a little bit, just a little bit. So if you're not connected with me there, I hope you look me up. It's O-A-M-Y, O-A-M-Y. Thank you to those of you who support the show in any format, especially those of you at Patreon, patreon.com slash creativity matters. And until next time... Remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. Have a great week, everyone.